learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all happen yourself. That's from Eleanor Roosevelt. And we're going to talk about money mistakes you'll regret and how to avoid them on this episode. Because if you've ever wished you could foresee financial missteps before they happen, well, everybody's been down that path and it's just not something we can easily do. So on today's episode, let's explore some real life situations that you might regret and try to arm yourself with some essential tools to hopefully avoid some of those mistakes. That's this week on the Retirement Success Blueprint. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the retirement success blueprint with Michael Stewart and myself to talk about money mistakes you'll regret and how to avoid them. And it's something that we I think we'd all like to do. Life is full of mistakes. We all make them. It uh, doesn't mean that you've done something wrong per se, I suppose. It just means you need to kind of look out for some of these things and figure out a way to avoid them if we can or how to fix them if we have made them. So we're going to get into that conversation with Mike this week. It is late October and it's feeling pretty darn good outside and football's rolling along and all that good stuff. But what else going on, Mike? You got any, uh, got any holiday plans coming up for this year? Yeah, we got a lot of things going on. So as we flip the calendar in, in you know the next week or so and get into November, mm-hmm. uh, we always do a big pie giveaway for all of our clients and that. So they'll all be stopping by the new office in October, middle of October. We moved into a brand new office. So uh, I think it'll be exciting for the clients that haven't come in recently for reviews just to kind of see the new digs and, uh, mm, you, you know, they've nice. been a big part of it. Nice. Very cool. Always good stuff and certainly a busy time of year as well. So let's jump in and talk about some of these uh, money mistakes, see if we can help some folks out with some trains of thought, hopefully useful nuggets of information. Let's start with the uh, IRA withdrawals. You know, maybe taking them prematurely. Uh, Often we, you know, again, I try to compile a list of things we hear from people uh, that have gone through this. So hopefully we can learn from the mistakes of others. Regret taking that premature IRA. Have you seen that? And what's some things to think about? Yeah, really, I, I kind of would put it in two different areas. So one's premature IRA withdrawals and another side of it might be something like, you know, taking loans against your 401k or something you know, okay. to, to pay today's bills. And yeah. so like on the premature IRA withdrawals, that means that you're taking money, not just before retirement, but more importantly, before 59 and a half. That's the magic number, according to the government. And that just means if you take money out of your retirement accounts, you know, your your IRAs and things before 59 and a half, not only do you have to pay income tax on that, but you're also going to have to pay an additional 10% penalty. You know, so if you took 50 grand out of your IRA, that 50 grand is going to get added on top of your current income, which might kick you into another tax bracket. So now you're paying even more in a higher tax percentage. And then they're going to add another 10% on top of that, or for that 50 grand, another $5,000 penalty on top of that, that you could have avoided if maybe you just waited till that 59 and a half or you explored other options on kind of financing. And another thing that we see is things like people like, oh, well, I'm just going to borrow money for myself. I'm going to take money on my 401k, take a loan against it, and then I'll just pay it back out of my paycheck. And that can work (laughs) sometimes if you really get in in a kind of a cash crunch but you're kind of giving up some of the potential upside because remember, you're, this is supposed to be long-term money that you're saving here. Yeah. The second part of it is either by your choice, and we've seen it happen all the time, either you know you decide you get a better gig, so you want to leave that job, go to another, or you wind up um, you know involuntarily leaving that job. You get laid off, you get fired, they they you know kind of diminish headcount. The problem with that is once you no longer are getting a paycheck. 
within a certain time frame, that 401k provider has to say, okay, well, we can't garnish that paycheck, you know, to take to repay that loan. So we're just going to treat it as a distribution. So if you're under 59 and a half, it's a 10% penalty and it's going to be taxable income to you, even though you didn't plan on doing that. So it just be, be very mindful if you're either going to take loans against your 401k or any premature IRA withdrawals, because there's a lot of gotchas involved. Yeah, some great points for sure. And I kind of chuckled when you said, you know, I'm going to take a loan against it and uh, pay it back. And I thought, the first thing I thought to myself was, have you ever borrowed money from yourself or family? You never pay it back, it seems like, right? There's always some mm-hmm. sort of thing there. So yeah, it could certainly be a gotcha. Uh, and that's some great points to highlight on ways that it could get you. Uh, whether you move it or or whatever the case is, so that's the first one. The second one, anybody who's ever done any kind of you know major projects around the house or or whatever might be familiar with this term called scope creep. Uh, I did a, a rebuild or remodel here on on some things that my at um, my office, my brother and I were doing it, and I had this grand plan of of what it was going to be exactly what I needed and the cost it was going to be, Mike. But it kind of kind of kept growing. It kind of the the scope of the project kept getting bigger, right? And that same thing happens in in life and it's called lifestyle creep. And as we get, you know, as we start making more money, we start, you know, treating ourselves to more things. And eventually you you know, you can't live the way maybe you lived when you were in your 30s, now in your late 50s because you don't want to go backwards. No, absolutely. And then lifestyle creep and you know, I'm aware of scope creep because we're in the Chicago area, right? So if they say something's gonna cost you a hundred thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> to repair this street or something like that, you know it's gonna be five hundred thousand right, because exactly. that's everybody's gotta get paid along the way. Uh, but but on like the lifestyle creep, it's what happens and it's not a conscious decision. It's really more of a subconscious decision that people make is, hey, you know, when I was making thirty thousand dollars and things were tight and that was great, but then now that I'm making fifty thousand you, you let your lifestyle kind of grow to the amount of income that's coming in. And then now maybe it's 100000 and 150000 Everybody's, you know, income situation is going to be different. But now all of a sudden you've upgraded the house or you've refinanced it five times. You know, you've upgraded the type of car, which also comes with a higher payment. You're, you know, instead of spending 50 bucks on a pair of shoes, now it's $150 on a pair of shoes. So all of a sudden that's that lifestyle creep. And it's okay because you have the cash flow coming in. But what you don't realize is that you're stealing from the future you. You're stealing from the person that says, I would like to retire a little bit earlier, or I'd like to have a meaningful income at some point in the future. If you spend those dollars today, just think about how our government operates, right? If you spend those dollars today, then they're not going to be available for you, or you're spending it on things that are depreciating or going to zero in value. Whereas some of that money, not all of it, right? I still want you to have a great lifestyle and these kind of things. Uh, but I think Dave Ramsey has a quote, you know, live like no one else today so you could live like, you know, no one else tomorrow or right. something, yeah. something around that iteration, which is basically like sacrifice a little bit now in exchange to have the lifestyle that you want later. So that's the one thing that spending too much in those peak earning years. So as the income grows up and we tell our clients that are still working that all the time, hey, if you get a 10% raise, that's great. You you deserve that. Take 5% of that, increase your 401k by 5%. Yeah. Right. So still spend some of it, but still earmark some of those gains that increasing income for the future you. Yeah, Mike, but that's no fun, right? Immediate gratification is what the is what we're all about. <laughs> it seems like yeah, anymore, and, right? And that's why I think there was just an art it was just an article that came out. I saw it on CNBC that something like 68% of uh, Americans, uh, mm-hmm. specifically to American, you know, this is a worldwide problem, but definitely an American problem. 68% of individuals are living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And 72%, if they had a $5,000 emergency, they would have to go in out of the credit card 
because they don't have $5,000 sit in the bank, Yeah, you know, in order to do it. So three quarters of our nation is relatively broke. That's and, you know, from a cash flow perspective. And part of that is, you know, there's societal issues, political issues, of course, there's that. But a big part of it is we've seen clients come in that we haven't taken on as clients because we said we can't be the captain of a sinking ship because they might be making $150,000, $250,000 a year, but they're spending 300000 So it's not always just the people with the lower income. It's the higher lifestyle that can be just as much of a problem. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and, and to lay it at some other doorstep sometimes when it just could be yourself, right? Like, you know you're spending too much. You know you're being a bit more lavish than you need to be, uh, especially, again, as you're making more money. And you and I were just chatting in, um, you know, right before we kicked off the podcast about you know our kids and, and they're about the same age and you know being empty nesters for how long and stuff like that. And so we, we haven't had ours around for a while, and so we've had kind of this extra – you know, uh, disposable income, if you will, right? That we certainly have been treating ourselves a little here and there. But to your point, I'm also kind of mindful that that guy that I see, you know, down the road that's waving at me, you know, let's got his hand up and it's like, it's me saying, hey, don't forget about me. Uh, don't forget about 70 year old me, right? You know, that kind of thing. So got to keep that in mind as well. You got to balance that out a little bit. Uh, all right. So that was number two. So keeping the kids in mind, let's go to number three here. I paid so much in tuition for the kids. So again, if we're talking about money mistakes, some people maybe feel like, you know, okay, I, I maybe I sacrifice or are sacrificing their retirement, that future self we just talked about, Mike, by paying too much tuition. Yeah, we, we say that in two different ways. And especially now, right? Because October kicked off, you know, starting to repayment of student loans. Oh, know, great especially point. more importantly, you know, yeah. the students are probably okay. Yeah. But it's those parent plus loans that the parents, you know, uh, basically went on the hook for for the larger portion of it. So you see it really in two different ways about the tuition for the kids. One is they took on parent plus loans either because they just didn't want to pay it out of pocket, you know, kind of tighten the belt while the kids were going to school, or they just said, hey, you know, it's free money for now. You know, I'll worry about that later. The second part of yep. it is for those that maybe did the right thing and said, okay, I'm, we're going to tighten our belt and, you know, we're just going to pay this or not really take a lot of loans. But then they steered themselves away from setting aside money for the future version of themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and this was, you know, for the benefit of their kids and, and that's noble. But at the same time, if the kids were to take on debt or the kids were to maybe go to the in-state school, so the out-of-state school to save money, those kind of things, the kids have the next 40 years to work and pay, pay that off. You, if you are doing this in your 40s or maybe your 50s, and you're redirecting that money from your retirement savings, what you may be doing is actually, you know, diminishing what your retirement lifestyle is going to be like, all for a good cause, because you wanted to help the kids. But instead of just kind of stepping back and say, hey, we need to have a financial conversation here, is that, you know, if you want to go to an in-state school that's 12 grand, 15 grand, yeah, we can cover that. If you want to go to out-of-state school or private school that's 30, 40, 50,000 to get the English degree, well, that's never going to make it work out. And where is that money going to come from? And unfortunately, I've seen it a lot. Well-intentioned parents and sometimes even grandparents in that are kind of stealing from the future version of themselves and the quality of retirement they can have because they're redirecting. They're either going into debt at a substantial level, meaning hundreds of thousands of dollars, or they're wind up saying, well, I, I can't save money in my 401k for, you know, even though I'm going to retire in 10 or 15 years. 
I can't save any money for retirement because it's all going to the college. Yeah. Either either way, you know, it can cause your financial hardship down the road when those paychecks stop. Well, it can certainly be cyclical too. So we got to be mindful of that, right? It's to your point, we want to help our kids for sure, but you all, you have to draw a line sometimes in the sand about how much help you're willing to give them. Because if they're couch surfing on your couch right now and they're in their 20s and it drives you nuts, do you really want to be knocking on their door when they're in their 40s or 50s asking if you can couch surf? Because you now can't retire because you gave you know too much away trying to help them out. So it's a fine balance, right? It's walking that fine line of uh, what's the you know the best way to appropriate that. And to your point, they've got many more years of working years ahead of them than we are going to have. So find that balance and and uh, with your advisor and with your strategy. All right, number four. Oops, I did it again. No, sorry. Oops, I retired a bit too early, uh, and now it's costing me. Uh, especially what happened with COVID, right? A lot of people said, you know what, I'm done. Uh, I'm I'm walking away. I was close. Whatever the case is, it's just a couple of years. It won't hurt me that badly. Something like that. Yeah, and this is really where it's going to be unique to your specific situation. It really ties into all these last things that we we're talking about. Is did you tap your retirement savings early? What did you do when you had your higher earning years? You know, how did you handle if you had kids? How did you handle the tuition stuff? Because now it all comes back to guess what? You're here. Right. You're at retirement. And in this case, this person said, oh, wait, maybe I retired a little too early. And that comes in several forms. One, if you retire early, you're no longer saving money. Right. You're distributing money. Yep. The second part of it is, you know, if you start drawing on your income, as we talk about, you know, income is the outcome for retirement. OK, well, you've got a limited bucket that's got to last you the next 30 years here with no paycheck coming in. So, you know, is that a big enough bucket? on there. And how are you getting it? Are you getting it from interest and dividends? Are you spending principal, hoping that the market's going to replace it? Another thing is, what age are you taking Social Security? We have some clients that retire early and still let their Social Security continue to grow for a few years. We have other clients that don't. So that's the analysis that you have to do to say, okay, when can I retire? Because what the last thing you want to do is have this fits and stops and starts and things of going into, you know, oh, I'm going to retire at 62. And then at 64 or 66, you got to go back into the workforce. Not only is it going to be more challenging for you, uh, but there's just lost opportunities associated with that. Because at some point, you're not going to be able to go back to work, right? You're not going to be able to even work that part-time job for health reasons or even by their choice. So what you really need to do when you start putting that plan together for you, and we call ours the Retirement Success Blueprint, is you really have to sit down and say, okay, can I do it now? And can I stay retired? Where's my income? What's my health care? What's my tax situation? You know, if something happens to me, is my family going to be okay in good markets and bad and in high inflation, low inflation, Fed raising or lowering interest rates? You need to really have or work with an advisor, you know, that's a fiduciary can run these for you and say, when we hit the, you know, when we hit the button and we say, okay, we officially retire, we can stay retired so we don't have these level of regrets because we didn't think through one, two, three different things. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the final one here, Mike, is kind of circling back around a little bit to the first one with maybe regret over taking some IRA, uh, IRA withdrawals. And that is folks who find themselves in that, eh, maybe I should have paid more attention to the opportunities, other you know tax bucket opportunities. Typically, it's around the Roth IRA conversation. Yeah, we have this conversation uh, with prospective clients because we're already having it with you know our existing client based on the advisory side. But we have this conversation and these aha moments with prospective clients all the time on their end. 
And they're like, you know, either they heard us on the radio or the podcast or the workshops or the different things that we do out there uh, as far as educational events. And then they're like, that tax part of it really resonated with me. I just feel kind of so so stupid or misinformed because I would have been saving, you know, after tax had I known that this is just a growing tax time bomb. Every dollar I've been putting in my IRA and my 401k for the last 20, 30 plus years is I'm getting a break on a dollar, but when it grows to 10, I owe taxes on 10. That doesn't make any sense, Mm -hmm. right? So the thing is, you know, I I let them know that's not their fault, right? It's just some places didn't have Roth 401ks or they didn't know a lot about, you know, Roth IRAs. But the thing is, if you can pay taxes at a low rate now and then get that money, let it grow tax-free, take it out tax-free at some point in the future, as long as you're going to be in the same tax bracket or higher at some point in the future, it can make a lot of sense. Now, Roth Roth conversions and Roth IRAs and stuff don't necessarily make sense for everybody. So of course, you got to you know talk with your tax person, your, your financial advisor, those kind of things. But the biggest thing is run through those numbers and say, you can't worry about how you got here. Does it make sense for you on a go forward basis? Does it make sense to switch from the pre-tax 401k to the Roth 401k? Does it make sense to make Roth IRA contributions instead of traditional IRA contributions? And just as importantly, do Roth conversions make sense for you between now and when you're going to start taking your required minimum distributions? You know, and that's a deeper conversation that unfortunately a lot of advisors are not having with clients because it involves taxes. Like they understand Roth IRAs, but they don't understand taxes. They don't understand the impact on Medicare, all those kind of things. So the conversation you want to have or who you want to be working with is somebody that can kind of digest all this for you and say, okay, it's not a stock or bond or investment conversation. It's a tax conversation. Do Roth IRAs make sense for you? Do Roth conversions make sense for you? At what level and what time frame does it make sense? So it's never too late on there. But what you want to do is just make sure that that's part of your proactive financial planning. All right. So good information again this week here on the podcast. Uh, around our topic, which was, you know, finding the mistakes are going to happen, right? So it's how to avoid them, kind of keeping an eye out for them. And obviously, a lot of that's why we turn to a professional, people who do this day in and day out, uh, because they've done, they plan many retirements. And so therefore, we're only planning one. So it's easy to do. And that's why you need a help, uh, a little helper there, kind of a, a spotter, if you will. So reach out to Mike and his team if you need some help at crystallaketax.com. That is crystallaketax.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Retirement Success Blueprint, and drop a line as well if you'd like to do so. And we are going to do that to finish things up this year with Chris in the Chicago area. Did I say this year? <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> it's getting late. It's uh, something. I don't know what's going on. Uh, this podcast, we're going to take an email here from Chris in Chicago. He says, I max out my 401k every year, and I'm told that I make too much money to contribute to the Roth. We were just talking about this. Uh, but I still want to save more for retirement than just the 401k contribution, Mike. So where am I supposed to put this other money? What other options are available for folks like me? Yeah, Chris, that's a great question, especially, you know, kind of building on the Roth IRA conversation that we have. So uh, the one thing to be concerned about or consider is um, when you want to make a IRA contribution, a Roth IRA, traditional IRA, traditional IRA, you can put, you know, you have any income level, you can still contribute to it, you know, whether you're maxing out your 401k or not, it's just the deductibility of it's going to determine on your income depends on do you have access to a work related plan, those kind of things. 
Roth IRA contributions are different. They actually have income limits attached to them. So for 2023, since that's where we are, Roth IRA income limits are, you have to have, if you're filing single, you can't make more than $153,000 of AGI, adjusted gross income. And if you're married, it's $228,000 if you're filing jointly. So that's the top end of the income band that you can make and still contribute to a Roth IRA. And that contribution, if you're over 50, is $7,500. It's $6,500 if you're below that. So that's kind of the general thing. So Chris, specific to you, you say you max out your 401k. So the question that I would have for you, because your income's too high, then you're ineligible to make a Roth IRA contribution. There is no income limit for a Roth 401k contribution. So if you're over 50, you can put up to $30,000 into your 401k pre-tax or post-tax. So, you know, either pre-tax or in the Roth version, if it's allowed for you. So that might be the place that you want to redirect some of those funds if it yeah. makes sense from a tax yeah. standpoint. I was going to ask you that. There's Mike. also other things that if you, even though you can't contribute to it, if you've got some IRA money, some traditional IRA money on the side, the way you can get some money into a Roth is depending on your tax bracket. And if it makes sense, once again, is maybe Roth conversions might make sense for you. If you think you're still going to be in a high income tax bracket for now, and we anticipate taxes going up in 2026 and when the TCGA expires and some other things, then why not take advantage of lower tax rates now, even with higher income individuals and consider a Roth conversion to get more money over in the Roth. And the third option, then we deal with this a lot of business owners, a lot of high income people are looking at things like cash value, life insurance, and index universal life, all these kind of things that operate like a Roth. You can get some tax-free growth, some tax-free income, some in market index linked exposure and things, uh, but you're not going to get a 1099 with it every year the same way as if you just put it in your individual or joint account. So there's definitely a lot of options out there, Chris. You know, A lot of those don't have anything to do with the type of investment you choose, but like we talk every couple of weeks on the podcast is a lot of times it has more to do with taxes than it does necessarily the investments themselves. So just make sure you're working with a fiduciary advisor that can assist you, not just on the investment portion, but understands all these tax rules as well. Yeah, that's a great point. Because I was going to ask you, I'm glad you brought that up there, about the uh, the Roth uh, 401k, if that's an option. More and more companies are doing that. So that seems like that certainly could be something for him to check into as well. But yeah, lots of things out there. Great tips, great things to think about here from Mike on the podcast. As always, check with a qualified professional uh, specifically on your situation before you take any action. Because you know, while these universal things apply to us all, uh, the uniqueness of our individual life uh, and how we do things can certainly alter that plan or that strategy from person to person. So you want to get a retirement success blueprint for yourself with Mike and his team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. He's the founder, of course. And you can find them online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. Don't forget again to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever platform you like. The Retirement Success Blueprint. Type it in the search box or just stop by Mike's website. Buddy, thanks for hanging out as always and breaking it down. I appreciate you. All right. We'll talk to you closer to Turkey Day. Yeah, we'll see you here in a couple of weeks. It'll be November before we know it. This has been the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Source. The Retirement Income Source and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities.